AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Do not go to the mailbox. The government is closed. The markets are closed. But AgriTalk is here. It's Monday morning. We've got our weekly update on what's happening in the used machinery market with a construction equipment twist for you today. And things to think about with the markets closed. We'll give you quite the list of things to think about in the second half of the show. From MLK Day in the USA via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, it's a conversation with machinery repeat Greg Peterson. Then it's an encore broadcast of a conversation with Bob Lingenfelter. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Flory. All right, Davis. Thank you very much. Yes, absolutely. The conversation with Greg coming up here. And then Bob Lingenfelter in the second yeah. half of the show. Who is Bob Lingenfelter? Well, we're going to explain that uh, when when we get uh, that conversation up and running. Uh, as you said, it's an encore conversation. It was on last Wednesday on the PM show, and I found it so thought-provoking on mm-hmm. several different areas that I wanted to make sure that listeners of the AM show also had an opportunity to listen to um, uh, uh, the comments from from Bob Lingenfelter. It was fun. It was a fun conversation. So. It's coming at you again today yeah. on Martin it's, Luther King Jr. Day. It's definitely worth And even if you maybe did catch it on mm-hmm. the uh, Wednesday afternoon edition of AgriTalk last week, uh, definitely worth a second listen. There's a lot in there. Bob has really thought some things through. Yeah, yeah. Quite the character. Quite the character. I'm, uh, Indeed. I'm yeah. glad that I had an opportunity to, uh, to meet Bob mm-hmm. and uh, – Look forward to more conversations in the future with the man. No question. For sure. For yep. sure. Yep. Um, not a lot going on today. Yeah. Well, there might be. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, uh, but, but you've uh, you've collected up some things that we need to talk about. That's all you told me is you've got some well, things that we need to talk about. Yeah, just just some of the. Let me just throw some of the stories that we covered last week at you, okay. and, and maybe we can kind of take a second pass at this, because sometimes, you know, as we're going through the daily news, we don't really get a chance to meet out some of these ideas yeah. to ferret them out. So uh, let's let's do some news ferreting. What do you say? <laughs> perfect. Perfect. What you got? <laughs> so from last week, the annual inflation rate in the U.S. cooled for the sixth straight month to 6.5% in December. That's the lowest since October 2021. It did match expectations. Month over month, the CPI declined by one-tenth of a percentage point, beating forecasts of a flat reading as a decrease in gasoline prices more than offset a rise in the cost of shelter. That was the first decline since May of 2020, moving in the right direction on inflation. Chip? Well, it certainly feels that way, and, and that CPI report, is going to give the Federal Reserve Board of Directors a lot to think about leading up to the January 30, February 1 Federal Open Market Committee meeting. Uh, 
the, the attitude in front of the CPI data was that it was at least another half point increase coming uh, in, in the federal funds rate. Now, uh, we talked about it on Friday with Brian Grady from Pro mm-hmm. Farmer that the, the market has factored in 90% odds of a quarter point increase in interest rates now. So it's it's slowing. Is inflation still there, still something that the Fed is going to try to reduce going forward? Boy, they sure talk a tough line, don't they? Mm, uh, they are they talking it, talking inflation down on a nearly a daily basis. Well, meanwhile, inflation in China picked up okay. in December and is expected to accelerate further in the months ahead. Chip, is that a logical uh, economic response to reopening and getting that uh, getting their economy rolling again? Well. It's a recovery economy here, and we're dealing with inflation that we haven't dealt with since the 70s. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that as China, and, and you know what? It happened in Europe, too, in the recovery yep. economy. Inflation really hit hard. I would assume that uh, we're learning. We're learning from what happens in a recovery economy. Uh, this, I would assume that the same thing is going to happen in China, Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't know exactly how that's going to impact um, uh, consumer buying and consumer spending and consumer everything else in what is a planned economy, a, right. know, a, a managed economy. You know what we did in the United States we to help people in that recovery process. The, the thought was, hey, we need to print money. We need to get it into people's hands any way we possibly can and mm-hmm. let the economy you know, grow from there. Same attitude was was put in play in Europe. I got a feeling that that there's going to be some stimulus in China, but there's going to be a lot of efforts to uh, to to cap prices mm. in China mm. as well. I is I, I would I would anticipate that that is the route they will take. Well, also last week, Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack was noncommittal on supporting a renewed push in Congress for livestock marketing reforms. Vilsack was careful in recent comments to farm reporters not to overstep the general yep. support he voiced last year for the Grassley-Fisher bill to boost price discovery and beef industry competition. Uh, he's taking a wait-and-see stance on a reintroduced bill, Chip. Yeah, it, the transparency part of that has been addressed with the creation of the pilot program for the contract library, okay? I think that's why a year ago, Secretary Vilsack was as supportive of the bill as he was, was because of the contract library. Now that that is at least being started, the mandates on cash marketing, I don't, evidently, were never as high on the priority list for Secretary Vilsack as was the transparency. So, yeah, yeah maybe. And, and, you know what? It's still up to Fisher. I, I'm sorry. It, not up to Fisher. Um, oh, geez. Tester. There we go. <laughs> Tester, who is s- still supportive of the Grashley-Fisher bill, but he if he's going to be a partner in this effort, he's going to have to get it in front of Schumer and get him to bring it to the floor of the Senate. Yep. Well, let's wrap up with this here. The American Farm Bureau Federation wrapped up its annual convention last week, setting policy objectives. 
uh, the organization wants to see accomplished in 2023. Sam Kiefer, AFBF Vice President of Public Policy, said the next farm bill was one of the top discussions. Not surprising, the next farm bill top of mind at the AFBF convention, Chip. Yeah, absolutely. And when you talk with the commodity groups, they I don't want to say that they are singularly focused, but it seems like don't hurt crop insurance is the number one issue for the commodity groups. Um, I look back over the ad hoc payments that have been made yeah. In the last, what, three years? Uh, you got to go back to the trade dispute payments under the Trump administration. Oh, that's right, yeah. You know, the MFP payments. The phase the, one stuff, yeah. Yes. So all of the ad hoc payments over the last four years, five years, uh, it, to me it means that they need to, t- need to take a look at Title I, the commodity safety net, and make sure that that thing is adequate for all the risks that the markets face and, and revenue faces o- over the upcoming years to get rid of some of those ad hoc payments. All right? Good stuff, Davis. Good stuff. Yeah. Important topics. Tempor- all right. We got Machine Repeat next here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Machine repeat here, folks. This segment of AgriTalk brought to you by our friends at Dakota Ag Innovations, makers of Dakota Shine, the best way I've seen to fix faded paint. Go to dakotashine.com or call 888-996-7801. Welcome back to AgriTalk on this Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Markets are closed, but we've got the goods for you right here on AgriTalk. Glad that you are making a little bit of time for us. It's Monday. That means that it is time for our weekly conversation with Greg Peterson, Machinery Pete. Good morning, Greg. Hey, Chip. How are you doing this Monday? Doing real fine, real fine. Okay, before we get to auction prices, Machinery Pete TV has got uh, something that, that you are adding to the mix that I think is really, really cool. Let's hear about it. Yeah, it's uh it is cool, Chip. It's uh it'll be a two minute segment in the show every week, folks. Um and again, Machinery P TV, it's our, on RFD TV every Saturday at 12:30. And it's with our partners at Big Iron. It's a it's a it'll be a segment called Share Your Legacy Project. And of course, Big Iron and their partners, Sullivan Auctioneers, they have farm sales and farm land sales all over the country. And what this project is is basically storytelling. 
about the people involved with their upcoming auction and beyond like what has been like, okay, Joe has a retirement sale coming up February 10th, whatever. And here's his tractors. Here's his combine. No, this is, this is deeper. And big iron actually has professional uh, video talent. I've met Daniel. He does the work. He's fantastic. Um, So there's, they're just sending him out on the road to tell the story. And so like, if it was, if it was chips retirement sale, it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, telling the story of your family, your farm, your yeah. history, your involvement with the community. And I, like you said, Chip, I think it's brilliant. I've, you know, we've talked for many yeah. years about so how I've times. seen the importance of video previews mm-hmm. of what you're selling. And it's cool to see like, okay, here's a video of a tractor coming up for sale. But I've always thought it's more powerful to see the owner standing by it and talking about it even if it's you know nothing fancy not hollywood but just say when you bought it who you bought it from how you anything just (laughs) a little video clip and so now on the show each week we'll we'll have an awesome professionally done two-minute preview story of the folks at auction and then on the bigiron.com website they'll have a longer version like it'll be seven to 15 minutes storytelling of the, of the people coming up. So I'm really excited for this. And I, I think it could kind of uh, change the industry and uh, we'll support. Um, I've always, you know, supported our auction partners uh, with telling video previews. So we're excited yep. to do more of that as well. Yep. You know, the video previews, as you said, the video preview of a piece of equipment are really cool. They add value. I I, I mean, I don't think there's any question well, about that. If, if, yeah. <laughs> If we start saying, it's, you know what, Greg, doggone it, was a real contributor to the community. Here's what he did to take care of his equipment, things like that. Look out, man. Yeah, it's, uh, I've, you know, again, from the data side, Chip, I've got 33 years compiling auction prices. And um, I think of it this way, folks. Think of all the nice farm auctions you've been to locally mm-hmm. over the years. Now, local people like if it's chips retirement sale, they know what yep. a great farmer chip is. And they, yep. you know, they, they, you're, you're factoring in that, you know, how nice the farm is, the shop, how well everything was kept. The reputation. The and there's, uh, yeah. Right. And our machine repeat data has shown that for 33 years. Now the last 10 years as YouTube and social media have come along, some smart folks have started to figure out, you know, and Sullivan's was the first and big iron is also right there. The first that, Hey, let's tell the story on the front end. And I've been yeah. lit up about this for years because again, I can't tell you why it makes a difference. It just does. So if someone in Kentucky is watching this preview video about a seller in South Dakota, the best way I can describe it, Chip, is it, it kind of pulls you through the screen and you feel like you know this yep. person a little bit. Yep. And it just gives you a little comfort. One more reason to click that bid button once or twice more and it's stuff just sells for more money. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Share your legacy. A, a two-minute segment in Machine Repeat TV. That's, it, it's going to be really cool. I can't wait to see them. Okay, let's get to the pick of the week. Yeah. What do you got? Well, pick of the week, we're going to Georgia. Last Thursday, my friends at Rebel Auction Company had their big uh, <clears throat> kind of monthly consignment sale. <clears throat> and it gets Hasleyhurst, Georgia, which I, I'm not familiar with the community, but uh, sounds nice here when it's 10 below in Minnesota, but uh, <laughs> some very late model uh, heavy equipment. So how about this chip, a 2023 Caterpillar th- uh, 308 CR uh, rubber tracked excavator 
with five hours on it. Oh, now the verbiage on it was that it was purchased for a big job or I suppose a construction company and the job order got canceled. So they didn't have need and they just wanted to sell this thing. It's got five hours. It's got a 2000 hour warranty warranty good through the end of 2024. So for $146,000. So I thought that was pretty interesting on a 23 model. They also had some other excavators. They had a 2021 Cat 310 uh, metal tracks, 223 hours, 1500 hour warranty. Uh, that brought 130,000. And then a pair of skid steers. And we've talked a lot about <laughs> skid steers, Chip. I know you're still shopping, but yeah. these probably won't help your cause any. But they had a 2021 <laughs> Deer 333G on tracks with a mulching head. <clears throat> and I'm not super familiar with the mulching head, but the skid steer had 107 hours and it sold for $116,000. Uh, it did have a warranty out to 3,000 hours or August of 26. And I think that's the highest skid steer. Now, again, it did have a mulching head, but 116. They also had a 2019 CAT 299 D3XE, oh. 130 hours with a similar mulching head. One owner, this was owned by a railroad company that was selling it. And that brought 112,500. So some pretty hot prices out of Georgia last Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we've talked about that at the end of last year too, that it's not just ag equipment. It is construction equipment also that's, that's been catching the, the solid bid and riding the wave higher. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, gosh, you know, mini excavators, dozers, wheel loaders have been just yeah. red hot. Frankly, I, the auction pricing has held up better. I thought when interest rates rose and a little bit of back off on the house in the home building sector, we might see more of these like order cancellation units start yeah. to the auction market. But I suppose, you know, it's somewhat similar there where the new units right. are problematic to get them and right. the used inventory is tighter. So that's why yep. we see these high auction prices. Anything else out of the South that you, that has caught your attention? <laughs> Well, yeah, a little something different. So last Thursday, we had that great auction out of Georgia we were watching. And my friends over at Blackman Auctions in Arkansas, a little different type of auction ship. Now, yeah. I've got probably 75 to 80 categories we track at machinerypeat.com. I do not have a category for caskets, but this was a liquid, now interesting verbiage on the sale. It was a liquidation auction for Casket Central. <laughs> out of uh i can't remember uh, walnut uh let's see it was walnut ridge arkansas okay and they i did note i did note they had a very nice looking uh new casket with some uh floral kind of uh de kind of decoration on the four posts the four corners that brought eighteen hundred dollars um but again i don't i don't currently have a subcategory to put that in so i just thought i'd share it with you in the audience <laughs> oh, that's fantastic good 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 now, um, i did i did it i did a number of years ago uh, down in paris missouri my friends at wheeler auctions and real estate they they have a huge sale every january yeah. in fact they just had it last saturday but they sold a used uh vault what? like a crypt <laughs> uh now, some guy was there and he shot a little video of it for me. He said, hey, Machinery Pete, I bet you don't have this before. And I admitted I didn't. I can't remember off the top of my head what it sold for. But it, not just a vault. It was a used vault. So Wow. Uh, you see uh, I was going to say something about the caskets. You know, you, you, you deal with used equipment. I hope that wasn't a used casket. 
Well, I, I analyze trends, so I know cremation has become much more of a trend. Yes. So I don't know if that's driven down the value of caskets. I'm guessing, but I, geez, yep. I, I, yep. I'm not an expert to comment. I'll just leave that to <laughs> use casket value people. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. We got about a minute left. What are you doing this week? Well, uh, we should uh, point people to our next sale. We're filming for Machine Repeat TV a week from Thursday, January 26th in Walnut, Illinois. Uh, My friends at Rediger Auction, Rick and uh, and Judy and son Jeremy and Jonathan, they're having a really super farm auction for Duff and Julie Dimmig. Uh, Check it out, folks. RedigerAuctionService.com. They got a 2018 Case H 620 Quad Track. A 15 John Deere 8295R, a pair of Haggy sprayers, an STS 16 and STS 12, uh, some very specialized Haggy attachments that I hardly ever see. And then uh, on the planner side, a 2019 John Deere 1775 CCS 24 okay. row. So it's going to be a really good sale a week from Thursday. And again, we'll be filming it for the TV show. So it'll be really fun. Excellent. Excellent. And you're heading north, right? Yeah, actually, tomorrow I'm speaking at uh, the Manitoba Ag Days uh, Farm Shop in Brandon, Manitoba. So looking forward to the visit up there. Excellent. Travel safe, Greg. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds great, Chip. Greg Peterson, Machine Repeat. We've got Bob Lingenfelter up next right here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Martin Luther King Jr. Day 2023. Here's to the memory of one of the greatest civil rights leaders of all time. It's more than just another day off from the markets, guys. It is a day to think about how you can help to make MLK Jr.'s message a reality across our country. Uh, There are some similarities between last year's mid-January break and this year's. I'm looking at you, Argentina, and I'm taking a peek at you too, Brazil. The Argentine corn and bean crops were trending lower last year, and the outlook for this year is shrinking as well. Crop estimates from Brazil were racing lower last year, but steady to lower is the best call for the world's biggest ever bean crop. Last year's forecast for the mid-January three-day weekend was for rain in some of the driest areas of Argentina and southern Brazil. And it did rain, at least a little, in most areas. Corn futures responded with a gap lower when trade opened Tuesday morning a year ago, but firm to close slightly higher. Bean futures gap lower, rallied to fill the gap, then fell back to post a low-range close. January 18, 2022, the Tuesday after MLK Jr. Day, 
was the last time that March 2023 bean futures closed below 1275. One month later, March beans were trading a buck and a half higher. March corn rallied 40 cents at the same time. And one year later, March beans are almost two and a half bucks higher and March corn is just over a dollar higher. We are at higher levels, but what last year taught me is the mid-January is way too early to assume South American crop issues are baked into prices. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Welcome back to AgriTalk. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. As Davis and I talked about at the start of the show, I had an interesting conversation with a gentleman in Norfolk, Nebraska last week. Uh, It gave me plenty to think about in the nearly five-hour drive home, and several of the PM show listeners commented uh, that they really enjoyed the conversation. And I want to make sure that the listeners of the morning hour of AgriTalk get to hear it too. So here's an encore of the conversation with Bob Lingenfelter. Bob Lingenfelter is a personality i would say on wjag he joins us right now bob welcome to agritalk well i'm tickled pink to be here i think i've been on wjag for now 20 years 20 i started out originally as a commodities broker yeah and as a commodities broker i could never really give you an opinion yeah but now i've kind of got over into your seat where i can share those come on opinions. man <laughs> i love it i love it yeah bob's a farmer in northeast nebraska like he just said, he spent a little bit of time as a broker, maybe not, maybe more than a little bit of time in Norfolk. Uh, left that business a few years ago, but he still does uh, the opening market commentary. Opening market commentary five days a week, and then I get uh, on Saturday they'll give me the microphone and tell them what I saw. Yep, that, and that's that's a lot of fun. You bet. And then you keep in touch with with farmers in the area yes, through your weekly my, updates. Yeah, with with uh, my past customers and other farmers and. And by putting it on the radio, I don't have to actually talk to them individually <laughs> every day. And that, that helps quite a bit. And where did you grow up? I grew up in Plainview. Okay. I was uh, the last class recruited by Bob DeVanny. Okay. Which should be probably the best recruiting class they ever had because we had to take that young redhead out of the chute and get him <laughs> off to a pretty good start. And we did. He didn't turn out too bad. No, he did all right. And Got a highway named after him and everything. <laughs> then from there, I played uh, I played with the Cleveland Browns. I got rudely reminded of that here this last week. Oh. And they were talking about that storm in Buffalo. Yeah. The worst since 77. Were you in That's the middle of that? I, <laughs> I can vouch for that storm. And uh, I, I went from there to play with the Vikings. My father had some health issues. I came back and have been farming ever since. Okay, so you came back to the farm. It was the late 70s. Yes. The end of the go-go's and into the walked, crisis. I walked right into, uh, uh, there was a president by the name of Jimmy Carter. Yep. And he's a troll out like Biden. The first thing he did was tripled the price of fuel. Yeah. Told us if we'd drive 55, life would be good. Yep. And uh, then the feds got in there, and I never could understand where 
with one expense going up, fuels into everything we do. If it goes higher, we've got to pay more. Why? The other expense we all have got is interest. Yeah. So then interest starts going higher, and that's supposed to make things get cheaper? Yeah. Well, by the time the Fed got done that time, we hit 20% mm-hmm. on operating money. Yep. And that. I think probably cost about half the farmers in this area. Yep. So it was a go-go time when you got back to the farm. You grew up on the farm. But when you got back, it was a go-go period. And then we went into the crisis with the increasing in the interest rates. And you already drew the one comparison with the with the energy costs. We're not heading back in that direction of a crisis, are we? Well, you'd like to think we could learn something from the past. But it sure feels to me like that Fed says until we get things down to 2%, that we still got inflation and we're going to keep raising the how fast they raise them who knows but you got to remember when carter did that to us i think that was 77 maybe yep. and it's four three or four years it was eight, it said 83 before he peaked yep so you got six years of interest rate and we just got the first one done yeah i, I i'd like to hope that we don't go that high and we've got a fed chair that kind of you know is, is proud to say listen i got to be more like volker well, Volker just pounded us. out of there, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of the way it feels to me. And uh, that was kind of one of the questions I wanted to throw at you is how, okay. do you how do you think we can hedge against that operating interest? Well, when I was on the floor of the Chicago Board of Trade and the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, every now and then I got called over to the bond market because the reporter was out. Oh. We can use bonds. I think that taking the short side of that 30-year bond, it's still at about 5% interest. Yep. i got to think it's going to get a lot worse than that before it gets better, and that might very well help us ease the pressure. Okay, talk through that a little bit. because you, Well, you, when you hedge corn, mm-hmm. like if I sell, sell 5,000 bushels of corn for $7 a bushel, and then come the day I have to deliver it, it's only worth $5, well, yeah, I only get the $5 for it, but I do pick up in my hedge account the $2 that I'm short. Right. Well, that's kind of the same way this is. If you take that short side on that bond, and it's something you're going to have to roll every quarter, but as that money comes in, you're still going to be paying the high interest on yep. the actual operating note. You'll just have something yep. to help bring that down. It's hard for some to grasp the concept that to hedge against Higher interest rates, you have to short the bond market. Take the short position. Right. And uh, that's because it is a $100,000 instrument that pays a coupon of 6% interest. And so if interest is below 6%, you have to pay more for the bond. If interest is going to go above 6%, then that bond's value is going to shrink. Yes. So that's why you want to take the short side. Gotcha. Gotcha. Is is that the thing that you think about most in the markets right now? Is, are those interest charges? That boy, I watched you just kill a lot of young farmers back yeah. in the early '80s with with my group, and uh, I mean, one of the things that uh, worries me the most is, you know, back in the '80s we still had a nine-month program and a three-year reserve. Yes. So we always had at least a couple of years' worth of feed around us, and our prices was kind of in a zone. And now, last year when we combined, we had 21 days' worth of corn in front of us and 12 days' worth of beans left in the bin. Boy, that's awful, playing it awful tight to the belt. Yeah. 
you know, we talk in the economy, we talk about the just-in-time deliveries. Uh, we've treated the crops as just-in-time just in time. Uh, uh, building of supplies. Well, they're betting we're going to keep them covered. That's right. And, boy, Mother Nature isn't necessarily always as kind as she okay. can be. Okay, so is that why after we put a good, not a great, but a good corn crop in the bin, a good bean crop in the bin from, from 2022, is that part of the reason that we've still got a six fifty old crop market and a $15 old crop bean market? I, I think we didn't put as good a crop in as we did the year before. Export trade has been very slow. Mm-hmm. And that export trade has been very slow because even with all the money that the government has printed, I do believe China has been dumping their gold reserve and soaking up those dollars because they get paid in dollars. They don't want to see the value of that dollar come down. And so they can go ahead and take those dollars and go in there to Brazil, which currency is considerably worth less than ours, and buy theirs first. So I think there's plenty of demand out there for what we have. I just think the powers that have decided we will be the last ones to run out yes yes uh yeah I, I i've had some analysts on that say listen if anybody's coming to the u.s right now it's because they we can guarantee a delivery and we're going to guarantee it'll be good quality yeah. but i think you're right we we are not the market of last resort but we are where we do the best job of storing a crop therefore we're going to hold on to the crop as for the rest of the world. Well, if you're the last guy to run out, basically the cost of something is directly related to the supply of something. Yes. And so if that supply is getting tighter but the demand is still as strong as it was, you've got to raise the price to trim the demand. Yeah. And I think the powers that be are trying really hard to have us be the last storage bin emptied. Yep. yep. The last bin emptied. Uh, don't, I hope. I hope. Okay, so what does that mean for basis? Well, they're, they're terribly strong around. I won't say terribly. As a farmer, no. they're very good and strong <laughs> yeah. bases. But their stuff, our basis, as we were harvesting, we're still 40, 50, 60 cents over. Yep. I've never seen that in right. the harvest. That's just nuts. But yep. it's saying that just how much demand there is out there and how short covered those people well nobody wants to get caught holding seven eight dollar corn and then all of a sudden somebody hits a big crop and we drop it back to four (laughs) so they've been real close to the belt on what they're buying you know i I get that that nobody wants to be left holding that seven dollar corn if you do go to five or four and a half whatever it is but at the same time if it goes to eight and you don't have seven dollar corn well, you had you had one job to do. Why didn't you do it? Well, I think they're trying to buy as much as they could, and I think we saw a little of that when the idea that the railroads might go yeah. on strike, the, the alcohol plants had to kind of slow down their, their buying mm-hmm. and, and their production. Then all of a sudden the railroad tracks are running fine, and we hit 50 below wind chills. Yeah. I'm not much to want to haul corn. I don't care what you're paying me <laughs> when it's that cold out. And so it took them a little while to get that ethanol yeah. production back going, I think. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, a lot of sense. Corn moving now? It's starting to, but our roads, uh, you know, from, from Norfolk, east and south, there's not much snow. You go from 
from Norfolk, Plainview area out west and north. I think they've got like 48 inches of snow on the ground at Valentine. And our yeah. roads are, yeah, the snow's been pushed off, but they're covered with ice because it started out with yeah. rain that turned to ice to turn to snow. And so that's not much fun for me to hook onto my gravity boxes <laughs> and head down the road to haul that stuff to town yet. That's right. That's right. Okay, we are in Norfolk, Nebraska at the Northeast Nebraska Farm and Equipment Show having a conversation with Bob Lingenfelter. When we come back, Bob and I are going to talk carbon. This ought to be really interesting. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Chickens have come home to roost. Find out whose fence they're perched on today on AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. We are in the middle of a conversation with Bob Lingenfelter. I met Bob in Norfolk, Nebraska at the Northeast Nebraska Farm and Equipment Show, and, and we hit it right off. Uh, ended up having a really thought-provoking conversation on last Wednesday's PM show. Now, I graduated high school in 1983, so the impact of those 1980s interest rates that Bob and I talked about in the last segment, yeah, that, that really hit home. And the impact of those interest rate payments on farming operations is critically important. Up next in this Encore presentation, we'll get Bob's take on carbon. We are having a heck of a conversation, even during the break, with Bob Lingenfelter. Uh, we learned about Bob in the last segment. Uh, one, we talked about the old crop and, and finished up with a basis conversation there, Bob. What are you thinking about? What should farmers be thinking about on their 23 crop marketings? Boy, one of the scariest things we have going on in our area right now is that they're talking about really restricting or cutting back our water use. Yeah, we talked about that this morning. And that water use might tend to make you want to plant more beans yeah. than corn, but I don't think it's going to make a whole lot of difference which one you plant. They're getting ready to put in a new bean processing plant here in the Norfolk area, and that's that soil, the, yeah. the biodiesel oil that's, that's bringing that out. But I, I think uh, the biggest thing, is going to be how much moisture do we get between now and the 1st of May. Yeah. If we get enough to give us the confidence to be able to put that corn in there, then maybe a little less irrigation water won't bother us. Yeah. The beans are, are more of a 
it's not that they don't care if they get water, but they're, yeah. they're something that can they're ornery. wait and, and yeah. you know, depends what August happens to yep. them. Yep, they're ornery, no question about it. But here we are, we've got corn, these corn just under 6 bucks. We've got November beans, what, just under 14 I think it is. Those are both good prices. I was going to say, aren't those prices that we should at least be considering? Well, and that goes back to what the fuel manager for the co-op was talking yep. about. If you want to start locking in one end, you better kind of get some of the rest of it covered, too. Because yep. if that uh, if we do turn out to be dry, you're going to blow that that $6 yep. out of the air. And if it, if, if, uh, if uh, fuel people see we got more money to spend, yep. Yeah. Up she goes. Yep. And it does feel like we're going through a change in the weather trends, yes. the weather patterns. Yes, finally. Yeah. But, again, a couple of storms does not necessarily make a trend right. yet, but at least for a little bit. That's right. Where I scooped more snow in the last 10 days than I think I have the last three years. Yeah. So yeah. that part was good. Well, and out in California, I hope it's not just a big interruption in the drought. I hope that this is the start of the breaking of the drought. Over. Yeah, yeah. I hope so, too. Because yep. Those farmers out there where you've got uh, olive trees, and, yeah. and I mean, Almonds. there is a long oh. investment in that. They dry up and die. They're not going to show back up next year. So That's I'm right. hoping they can keep them alive. Yep. You know, if, if, if those almond trees and those olive trees die and they have to cut them down, all of a sudden they start decomposing and making carbon, <laughs> right? Well, that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you, and what? And I threw it at you before. Well, I'm yeah. glad I did before we actually started talking about. It. I says, well, "What is it that you eat, Chip?" Yeah. And you should have heard the long list of stuff that he likes to eat. <laughs> but bottom line is, what Can we confirm. all eat. <laughs> what we all eat is carbon. The plants pull that carbon dioxide out of the air clean it up, kick the oxygen back, and produce, whether, whether it be corn or beans, or, but something to make cattle and hogs and chickens and, and mm-hmm. the whole works, and that's basically what we eat. So when you hear so many people saying, we got to get rid of that carbon in the air, oh, jeepers, oh, jeepers, yeah, well, what am I going to feed you? Right. And uh, I like to eat. <laughs> well, you and me <laughs> both, brother. Yeah. And uh, so I was, I, I just really wanted to start throwing that idea out there yeah. that the, the, your, our listeners, your listeners need to. You know, it, it wasn't that long ago. It was, it, it was maybe October or something like that. Uh, Wiesmeyer had a report on some researchers in Europe that had successfully taken water, sunlight, and carbon and made a fuel. Ah, isn't California working on something it's, like that Yeah, too? exactly. You know, we do it every day in the cornfields of Nebraska and We're Iowa. Making a fuel. It's yeah. called photosynthesis. <laughs> yeah, don't shoot. And uh, it's it's just two years ago. I'm. It was the tallest corn crop I ever raised, and probably the best dry land I'd ever raised. Very good irrigated. And late in July and August, I'd be going home as the sun's going down, and there was a fog over those fields. Yeah, haze. And I thought, well, what the heck is that? Well, I did a little more research, and it turned out to be the smoke that was coming down out of those forest fires yep. up in Canada, and those plants could not grow tall enough yep. to get it all in. So yep. it, it, it's kind of neat to watch. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 is, the, it is the element of life carbon is yes and removing it all so what do you what do you make of all the the carbon smart farming efforts that are out there i think you need to send uh, 
a lot of those green people out to the ash fall fossil beds. Okay. Out there, there's fossils Boy, that be good. Out there, there's fossils that came from that would have only showed up in a tropical rainforest, and there's fossils that would have only showed up in in an ice age. <laughs> and I don't think Chip. I know you're old. Yeah. But I don't think you can take credit for that. I think this climate's been going back and forth for our whole life, and to try to think that we put too much carbon in the air and that's going to change it. Yeah. I. I I don't know. You know, I I think about kind of the I, I don't want to call it an arrogance of of some of the people that think that humans could have such an impact on the globe, on the globe. I know there's a lot of us out there. I get that, but to have the kind of impact that they claim, well, there is a way that we can have that kind of impact. If you remember reading in the Old Testament, Job. Okay. And at the end of that, God came down and said, Job, if I wasn't happy with what you're doing, I'm in charge of the weather. I can burn you out. So it may very well be some of the things we're doing he's not very happy with. with. And he's trying to give us a little sign that maybe we should take a look. Bob, it has been a pleasure to meet you and talk with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chip. All right. That is Bob Lingenfelter. I got a feeling, guys, get used to it. We're probably going to hear more from Bob in the months ahead. Thanks for listening today. And if you want more to think about, you cannot miss this afternoon's AgriTalk with Sean Hackett, Hackett Financial Advisors, right here on AgriTalk.